Let's talk about the doctrine of eminence. This is held by pre-tribulationalists, and it's the idea that no events, prophetic or otherwise, need to occur before the rapture happens. In other words, it could have occurred at any moment in the last 2,000 years. This is contrasted with the many events that must precede the day of the Lord. For instance, Joel says that the sun, moon, and star signs must happen before the day of the Lord. Also, Malachi says, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Israel must be a nation and thus back in its land. The apostasia, or falling away, must happen. The man of sin must declare himself to be God in the temple, according to Second Thessalonians and Matthew 24. Thus, if the rapture and the day of the Lord are back-to-back -back events, the rapture could not have happened for the last 2,000 years. Many verses are used in defense of this theory, like Titus 2.13, which says, We are those who are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now here's a list of the Greek words and all the proof texts used in support of eminence, and they're things like looking for and waiting for, waits for, expect, alert or awake, alert, wait, near or at hand, and none of them have the meaning that nothing needs to happen before an event takes place. In fact, without a single exception of every Greek word in every proof text regarding this issue, not a single one of them carry the meaning that no events have to precede Christ's coming. All of the words, save one, are dealing with the believer's attitude concerning his coming, not the timing of it at all. This attitude should be defined as expectancy, not eminence. And that's why some people term this the phantom doctrine. But I don't want to prejudice you against this term, because there is a time period in which the Lord's return will be imminent, but only after certain events take place first. But after they do, it will be imminent. Some pre-tribulationalists appeal to the early church writings, because it seems that many of them believe the rapture to be imminent in their lifetimes. And that is true for some of them. But if you look even closer, you will see that they also believed that the Antichrist was already on the scene whether it was a Roman emperor or a pope, and that the persecution that they were enduring was the persecution of the Antichrist. They never taught that the rapture could come before the Antichrist until the 1800s. Larry Crutchfield, a professor at Columbia Seminary and a pre-tribulationalist, is an expert on the early church fathers. He wrote a paper called Rudiments of Dispensationalism in the Anti-Nicene Period, and he was looking for pre-tribulationalism in the early church fathers. But he has this to say. Well, there are in the writings of the early fathers seeds from which the doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture could be developed. It is difficult to find in them an unequivocal statement of the type of imminency usually believed by pre-tribulationalists. In fact, Thomas Ice of the Pre-Trib Research Center quotes Crutchfield in his article, The History of the Doctrine of the Rapture, as his evidence of a belief in an imminent return of Christ in the early church. And he says, Patristic scholar Larry Crutchfield argues that the early church fathers believed in what he calls imminent intra-tribulationalism. That is, they believed that they were in the great tribulation, but not the day of the Lord. He summarizes the views of the pre-tribulational scholars on the issue as follows. With few exceptions, the premillennial fathers of the early church believed that they were living in the last times. Thus, they looked daily for the Lord's imminent return. 
This belief in the imminent return of Jesus Christ within the context of ongoing persecution has prompted us to broadly label the views of the earliest fathers imminent intratribulationalism. The early church was holding to a more biblical view. We find in Revelation chapter 6 that the only thing that is preventing the beginning of God's judgment of the earth is the number of martyrs be completed. How long, O holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. A really good example of this is in Matthew 24, where we see this passage. Immediately after the tribulation, that word there is thelipsis in the Greek, of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Then they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. There's so much confusion about this verse, and the reason is because we have defined this word tribulation incorrectly as the wrath of God. And if we do that, then we have to pretend this verse isn't talking about the rapture, even though it's a mirror image of the famous verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as we will see. But if we simply look at how the Greek word thelipsis is used in the New Testament, we will see that it is used of affliction or persecution. This is talking about a great affliction being cut short by the rapture. For example, almost every instance of this word, thelipsis, in the New Testament is promising believers they will go through it. Like in Mark 4, verses 16 and 17, where it says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation, or thelipsis, or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Or, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Or, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. And there are many other verses like this, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, or shall tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. We are not going to go through the wrath of God. But to say that we aren't going to go through thelipsis is quite simply unbiblical. So yes, there will be great tribulation, a great thelipsis, the persecution by the Antichrist that Christ describes, but we are promised that we will be raptured out from the midst of it just before the day of the Lord and the wrath of God against the wicked will begin.